Park Hopping Podcast number 94, banned from iTunes. There's lots of important things to say. This is not art. Coming up next in our show. This is not media. First, the news. This is not news. Now, welcome back to the show. This is another crappy podcast production. Celebrating over 12 years of posting Disney stuff on the internet. This is another crappy podcast production. Hi there, this is Alan from DisneyFans.com, and this is the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 94, the podcast that proves anyone can have their own podcast. Welcome back to the Park Hopping Podcast, to all of you existing subscribers, and to all of you new subscribers. Oh, wait, there, there can't be any. I've been removed from the iTunes store. More on this in a moment. Previously on the Park Hopping Podcast, a three-part description of the Universal Studios VIP Experience Tour. When this tour concluded, I promised we'd get back to park hopping at the Disney parks very soon, just not quite this soon. Today on the Park Hopping Podcast, a quick podcast update. Now first, I've been involved in the online Disney fan community since before there was even a public commercial internet. You know, back in the days when you could only own a .NET address if you were actually a network provider. Some folks I knew here in Des Moines had a multi-line bulletin board system that they started offering internet access through back around late 1995 or early 96, and they were actually turned down in getting a .NET address because they weren't a real internet provider. Today, anyone can get any address they want, pretty much, other than perhaps a .gov government address. But I digress. I got started talking to remote Disney fans back in the text-only days of subscription online services like CompuServe, Delphi, and General Electric's Genie service. The only one of those that had a local access number back in Lufkin, Texas, where I lived, was Genie, so that was my only non-long-distance way to get online beyond a handful of local bulletin board systems. It was on that Genie service that I met my first long-distance Disney friends, including a buddy of mine, Mark, who is famous today for posting seemingly hundreds of Disney theme park videos from around the world over on YouTube. You can find his videos there by searching for his handle, ParkHopper. I haven't met up with him in years, and I think it's kind of funny we both ended up choosing variations of park hopping for our online contributions. Of course, he's done a lot more park hopping than I have. He's been to all the Disney parks around the world, I think, while I haven't left American soil to visit any of them. Yet. So my point is, I got started with this stuff a long, long time ago. I'm kind of old, ancient even, to many of you younger tykes out there who weren't even born until a decade or more after I got online for the first time. Through the years, I went from being a passive participant of a few genie message areas to a contributor of Disney content through digital photos, thanks to buying one of the very first digital cameras back in 1996. I made these photos available through an FTP site I ran directly from my computer at night as it was dialed into the internet service provider I used. People could visit my old GeoCities homepage and click on a link that would redirect them to my PC laptop where they could non-graphically browse and download the latest pictures I'd taken. Doing all of this through a dial-up connection may sound slow, but everyone was using dial-up back then, so it really didn't seem to matter. A few years later, I began hosting my photos on an unlimited web server account from a company called SimpleNet. I think the address was disneyparks.simplenet.com or something like that. And at some point, they were acquired by 
AOL or Yahoo. Someone bought them, and all of their unlimited packages just went away, which would have made it very cost-prohibitive to host thousands of photos like I was. It's kind of funny looking back at my old home-printed business cards and t-shirts where I proudly bragged about having thousands of digital photos, where today it's, you know, tens of thousands. So since my need for web storage space had grown beyond what I could afford, I ended up moving everything over to a hosting service ran by a friend of mine in Indiana. This was around 2000, and Scott over at the STG Network gave me as much space and bandwidth as I needed. To help pay for this, I became a reseller for his web hosting business, primarily to host other people's Disney fan sites. This is why I chose the domain name DisneyFans.com. Before folks could easily register and afford a domain name, we'd use subdomains like hauntedmansion.disneyfans.com. A number of sites that started out with subdomains eventually graduated to full domain names of their own, and a few of them are still around today in some form or another, though the STG Web Hosting Network ceased to exist years ago. Anyone ever remember a site called DisneyForever.com? It was hosted here for a while and eventually had to be moved somewhere else and changed its domain name to avoid issues with Disney. I think they changed it to MouseTimes.com, and at some point the original webmaster turned it over to some other folks to run. Well, eventually we outgrew Scott's STG network, and I began leasing my own space through another provider and moved everything there, and that's where I am today. Over the years, I've expanded the account multiple times so I'd have more storage space and more bandwidth for my sites and the sites that uh, host with me. I guess my point here is that I've been around posting photos, hosting Disney sites, and contributing to the Disney fan community in some fashion for a pretty long time. Over the years, I've popped up on the Disney radar more than once. In the early years of my photo site, I would see accesses in the weblog from Disney.com addresses all the time. Today, I rarely see that since the expansion of the internet and routers and proxy servers does a pretty good job of hiding where someone is really visiting from, or at least making it less obvious. But it was a clear that at least some folks within the walls of Disney were aware of some guy in Iowa who had photos from their theme parks posted on a server. I've always tried to stay pretty careful about what photos I post, avoiding anything that couldn't have been easily taken from public areas, and trying not to take photos in attractions where they specifically said no photography. Of course, I guess if they forget to tell us photos aren't allowed, it, it's okay then, right? Well, I remember a Backstage at Disneyland site that got into some trouble with Disneyland security over posting photos that were being sent to them during one of the Pirates of the Caribbean rehabs. The story I read on the site claimed Disney security had called them down to the park to talk to them and even threatened to revoke his annual pass if he didn't take the pictures down. I have no idea how, any tr how true any of this was, but it was a great story and eventually that site was taken down after first trying to hide behind a disclaimer screen where you had to agree you didn't work for Disney before entering or something like that. I don't know, maybe he just got bored with it. But myself, I've always tried to play by the rules, the worst web hosting encounter I ever had wasn't even my fault. It was one time a uh, some legal firm contacted me supposedly on Disney's behalf, and they were wanting to get in touch with a webmaster of a Disney fan site that hosted with me. But as far as I know, nothing ever came from that. Outside of web hosting, Disney's Intellectual Property Enforcement Department had eBay shut me down for selling copies of my Disney home movies on DVD. They said, quote, Making home videos of your Disney vacations for personal use is completely legitimate. However, you are not authorized to sell those copies at all, end quote. 
This was back in 2003, back, back before pretty much anyone could burn a video DVD at home. I actually bought the first iMac that came with a DVD burner specifically for this purpose. Today, the sale of home movie DVDs is so widespread. I mean, I even see large Google AdSense ads promoting them and high-profile Disney fan websites advertising them. And, and maybe just Disney doesn't care as much anymore, or maybe it's more likely that they just can't do much about it at this point. I still don't sell copies of my videos, but if you make a donation to the right amount to my website, I might be able to send you a free one. But I digress again. I just want to rehash some of my old DisneyFans.com history with you today and mention something rather odd that just happened regarding this park hopping podcast. Today I was notified by the iTunes abuse folks at Apple.com that my park hopping podcast has been blocked or removed from the iTunes store. Well, when I got home today, I went to check this out and found that, although the podcast still shows up in the searches as of right now, attempting to subscribe says, quote, the item you've requested is not currently available in the U.S. store, end quote. So I have a favor to ask. Would any of you outside the U.S. take a look in the iTunes directory and let me know if this podcast still shows up and if you can subscribe to it? Email me at podcast at DisneyFans.com if you don't mind. I'm expecting this was either a mistake or some kind of glitch in whatever process Apple has that verifies podcasts, but I've been listed in the iTunes directory since September 2005 and I've never encountered any problems. Though I must admit, I do wonder if perhaps me playing live audio from the theme parks may have caused an issue. After all, it's, it's not my audio and it's certainly a violation of copyright if it can't be declared as some form of educational fair use. I mean, would my show even exist if I wasn't able to play Disney audio? I mean, maybe. I've, I've had many episodes where I just ramble on and on, like this one, and I don't feel my audio is the primary reason for this podcast to exist, but if it didn't, would anyone bother to listen to just me? So if you can, please take a moment to see if your iTunes still lets you subscribe and let me know what the results are. As of now, my other two park hopping video podcasts are still available just fine, so I'm expecting... I'll just resubmit and hopefully things will go back to how they were. In the meantime, though, it's as if I'd been banned from iTunes and no one searching the iTunes store can subscribe to this show. Gosh, I really hope it isn't due to some copyright concern with the audio I sometimes use. Think of the impact that could have on our little Disney podcast community if we became unable to share our vacation audio and video with you. But if it was, hey, at least it's this crappy podcast and not one of the good ones. I'll let you know how things go, assuming you're even hearing this episode. I'm not quite sure how iTunes works when it comes to podcast subscriptions. For all I know, none of you may get to hear this unless you subscribe directly from anothercrappypodcast.com. So let me know, will you? Thanks, and I'll check things out from my side. Oh, and speaking of checking things out, the next time you're at a Disney theme park strictly adhering to the rules and photography restrictions... Be sure to take an extra picture, shoot some extra video, because you really never know when something you like, love, or hate is going to go away and never be around again. You know, that doesn't sound really right now. And on that note, I think that'll do it for me this time, so be sure to visit DisneyFans.com, where you can browse around 60,000 digital pictures I've taken at Disneyland, Disney World, and other theme parks across the country, as well as dozens of downloadable video files from the Disney parks. And if you want to drop me a note, my email address is podcast at DisneyFans.com. This has been the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 94, banned from iTunes. Thanks for listening. Another Crappy Podcast production. Be sure to visit anothercrappypodcast.com to learn more about this and other equally exciting <sighs> podcasts. Mm.
planning a trip to Walt Disney World and plan to stay off-site, and you've ever wondered what the deal is with all those cheap ticket timeshare promotions, visit DisneyFans.com secret. You can get a special deal at a luxury resort, all by enjoying a great breakfast while taking a tour and listening to a self-pitch. That's DisneyFans.com secret.